This is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. In my last episode, I talked about feedback and whether you are invited to give feedback or if you're just volunteering it. I also mentioned that that is not the case when we are talking about formal, official feedback. Now, as I mentioned in that episode, that's not the same as a formal, official process by which one person gives another person feedback. Say, for example, a manager with his or her direct report. At the Schuler Group, we consult with our clients often about more effective and productive ways to give feedback, whether that's part of an employee evaluation process or it's a regular practice. We are not fans of the once a year employee evaluation system whereby a manager gives his or her employee feedback that is supposed to last the entire year long. That's not effective, it's not productive, and usually neither side looks forward to that process. Better is regular feedback, whether that's in weekly, monthly, or quarterly meetings. The more often you have these opportunities to give feedback, the better your employee will produce, or at the very least, you'll spot problems and issues much more quickly than you would otherwise. Now, that regular feedback process could look a variety of ways. It could be project-based to get feedback on an ongoing project, how the employee is doing in that project, what help or resources or support he or she needs. It could also be just in general, how is the employee coming along in his or her normal day-to-day tasks. Here is the formula we use in our own company as well as what we consult with our clients to offer feedback and get the most productive results from our employees and staff. First, everyone at the feedback table has to be familiar with what the staff member's job description and duties are. So make a list. If the job description for that role is not updated, update it. If it needs to be adjusted, adjusted. And then from that list should be a set of core competencies to measure against. So for example, if the sales manager's job description includes networking and outreach, meeting certain metrics, managing other salespeople and training them, then the core competencies are going to reflect that and will look like ability to manage, performance on the metrics, delivery of results. That particular role 
may not call for a high-level attention to detail, whereas another position very well may. You also might have a general list of core competencies that you expect every employee or staff member, regardless of role, to perform at a certain level. Now that's the key piece there. Depending on a particular person's role, the expectation of how he or she will perform in these certain areas might be different from someone else in a different role. Using that example of the sales manager, the high level of attention to detail may not need to be measured the same as, say, someone who's in the finance department and is responsible for putting together the quarterly reports. Both positions require some attention to detail. And so whereas the employee who is the sales manager is going to be rated on a one to five scale, a five for that person may look very different from a five for the person who's in the finance department. We still want our employees to perform at the best level that they can. That rating scale is different per employee, per job description and role. I hope that makes sense. Here is a list of the core competencies that we use here at the Schuler Group that everyone is measured on. I like a scale of one to five because I have found that a scale of one to 10 is just too big of a broad range to try to give an assessment. One to five feels easier and quicker. One to 10, I find myself thinking a lot more, well, is it a seven or is it an eight? Whereas it's really easy to tell it's a three or a four. That can be a personal preference thing. That happens to be what we use here at the Schuler Group. So let me go back to our list of the core competencies that we measure our employees and staff on. Confidence, forward motion, and that means the ability to move a project or an initiative forward, to not be stuck on a problem, but to be focused on the solution and always moving things forward. A playerness. I talk about this in the episode, Are You an A, B, or C player? We want all of our employees and staff members to be A players. And I will say a little bit more about that in a moment. Ability to prioritize. Again, this goes back to what's expected in the role. I expect an executive, a manager, a leader, to be able to prioritize more effectively than say an admin, because the roles are different, the expectations are different. Another core competency we rate is positivity, listening, self-awareness, detail-orientedness, and how well is that employee 
doing his or her job duties. Now, depending on the role or responsibility, we might add a few more. So for our marketing people, we add outreach, new opportunities, follow-up. For a finance department, you might add core competencies like accuracy. Using this model, a manager meets with his or her employee regularly, whatever that is. I think quarterly is too seldom. Weekly might be too often. So you have to pick what works for you and your staff. You cannot use the excuse, oh, we're so busy we don't have time to do this. We're talking about a 15-minute meeting. Again, this regular process of feedback stops problems before they get so far along that then everything stops in its tracks. It quickly gets things back onto track, gives the employees a sense of confidence, and allows the managers not to have to micromanage. One way this works is to have this quick 15-minute meeting. The employee rates himself or herself on the scale, and the manager does the same for that employee. And then the discussion can be why the rating is what it is, especially if it's a lower number. What's also helpful is to give examples. So if the A-playerness assessment is not above a three, then it's because I, as the manager, probably was hoping to see something that I did not see. In other words, I saw that there was an opportunity where the employee could have stepped up as an A player, and for whatever reason, she did not. So in my meeting with my employee, and when we discuss the A playerness rating, I can give her a specific example. As an A player, here's what I would have liked to have seen, Sue. When such and such happened, you could have then done this. Is there anything that held you back from doing that? How can you think in that A player mode in the future? And of course, you can also give examples of how you saw those core competencies showing up, if it's a four or a five rating. Jack, it was great that you did fill in the blank. That is truly what I'm looking for when I think of confidence in our employees and staff. So feedback and the assessments isn't all about here's where you need to improve. It's also about I caught you doing something great and I absolutely want to acknowledge you for that. Keep up the good work. If an employee doesn't know if he's doing a good job, then he doesn't know whether to continue that particular way of doing things or to discontinue it. If he doesn't feel like he's doing a good job, how can he improve? That is the manager's job. 
to help the employees and staff be the best they can be. Managers should be champions for their employees and really look at how can I help you be as successful as possible? What do you need? What support? What resources? What feedback? That is why feedback is so important. It is the vehicle by which you as the manager can truly be that champion for your employees. So as you think about this topic of feedback, look at what your organization does. Do you have a regular official process for feedback? Whether that's a weekly meeting, a monthly meeting, part of the evaluation process. If it's less often than once a month, how can you do it more regularly in order to support your employees and staff? And what will you change, if anything, to make that process be more helpful and effective for your employee and therefore for the organization? I hope you found this helpful. I'd love to hear your feedback over at www.theshulergroupllc.com and let us know how your organization handles feedback. Speaking of which, I would love feedback on how this podcast helps you and your organization thrive. Until next time, may you thrive.